It's a new year. 2023 is here. Putting on my list of minis. New season, let's cheers. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the past. Time to get on the nut, your average Joel podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. So today we are talking about a topic that I feel like needs to be addressed. It's something that um, I see society fall into this trap. And to be honest, I have fallen into this trap as well, but this specific topic. But before I tell everybody what this topic is about, I want to welcome a new guest to this channel. So this is Gary. I've known him for um, close to a month now. It hasn't been too long, but um, we met at the beginning of this year um, on this app called Holy, which um, I know most people probably know it as uh, United Young, just because I talk about United Young so much. But this year, they changed the name of the app to Holy. So that's where um, I met Gary from, and it's been good getting to uh, to meet him and talk to him. And we've already had some like really deep conversations about just specific things. So I'm glad to have him on here today. So welcome to the channel. Hey, Joel, thank you for having me. So I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Gary, Gary Chen. Um, so to talk about a little bit about myself. Um, so my family and I immigrated to America, United States of America, uh, around when I was 10. Uh, first year, we stayed in Michigan with our with our sponsor. And then after the first year, we moved to New Jersey. So um, I consider myself a Jersey boy. I grew up in New Jersey for the majority of my life. And, you know, uh, I went to college in Pennsylvania, went back to postgraduate and postgraduate education in New Jersey, back in New Jersey. Um, so I'm a dentist in the Army. Uh, I've been in the Army for about eight years. And um, Army has sent me uh, to different places. I've been in, um, I work and live in Alaska, uh, Texas, and currently I'm in uh, Washington State, uh, this beautiful Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, I like, I love the outdoors. I love I love my coffee <laughs> and um, I just like, you know, I just love nature and I just love connecting with people from all over the world, from all walks of life. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm glad that you shared a little bit more about um, like, you know, your upbringing. I'm glad that, you know, people are getting to know that side of you and uh, definitely, you know, thank you for your service as far as being in the army. I know that definitely takes a lot of, uh, a lot of courage and a lot of strength for sure. I know it's something that if I were if I were to be honest, if there was a draft that happened and I just so happened to be in it, um I may not be too happy just because I I maybe I'm not I don't feel like I'm as skillful into it. So I'm glad that there's you know people out there that voluntarily go out, you know, and serve the country. So yeah definitely appreciate that. So thank you. And yeah. And um, and that's you know I I was just thinking about it since you're in Washington um I noticed like the the hot co- a cup of coffee over there so if everybody sees a little bit of smoke coming up it's because of the coffee and um over here and um a little bit warmer weather and I just got myself a water bottle so if you ever see me grab my water bottle <laughs> so so that's uh that's that and yeah that's scary everybody so um you know I'm glad that he was able to. Uh, you know, be here today, and we are going to go ahead and tell everybody what this topic is going to be about. So today's topic 
is going to be on materialism. So like I said just a few minutes ago, materialism is something that I have fallen into, like as far as a trap, um, because there's so many things that we see with our eyes that we're like, oh my gosh, I want that so bad. And, you know, I like almost in a way like you save up your money for this kind of things. And, you know, like I said, I've done that before. And um, I'm sure that most people have fallen into that at some point in life. So I have three different uh, categories that um, I feel like many people fall into when it comes to materialism. So I am going to be asking Gary these questions first. And then, you know, of course, I will give my answer as well, you know, with each question that I present. So the first one I want to talk about is about technology. So um, I'm sure um, if you you know, are here and you are not living under a rock, you know that technology is on the rise and that technology is progressing and upgrading to so many different levels. Each and every like year, it seems like there's always the newest phone that comes out, the newest laptop, the newest tablet, all of those kind of things. So I wanted to talk a little bit about technology because just because, you know, even with our parents, you know, the way they grew up, technology was not that big. So like now seeing it here, you know, 40, 50 years later in our time, you know, we do see a lot more, uh, you know, more dependence on technology. So it leads me to my first question. So considering the rise of technology, um, do you see like, like maybe things going down for the worse when it comes to connection, like face-to-face -face connection between people? Or do you feel like it's kind of the same? Like, you know, everybody could find a balance in that, you know, with technology and face-to-face -face conversations. Well, hey, thank you for that question. I really appreciate it. Um, the way I see it, I think the rise and the gaining popularity of social media technology has certainly changed our lives, you know, for uh, better and for worse. Uh, so the way I see it, it's not, not not better or worse because I see it as better and worse. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, would you like to start with the good one or the, uh, the, the the bad aspect of the social technology, the social media technology? Oh, I guess we could start with the good side of things. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like that. Um, so I think social media technology has been good. To, uh, it's been good because it, it makes it really convenient. It makes it more convenient for us to maintain connected with families and friends, uh, even though we don't live close to one another. For example, myself, I, I've been a military for eight years. I move around. I've been away from New Jersey for the last eight years. Um, you know, every, every three or four years I move, I relocate to a different locations. So it's really important for me to keep in touch with folks when we live geographically distant. And second, um, uh, social media technology allows me to reach out to like-minded folks like yourself, even though you know, Washington, you live in Alabama, without social tech, social media technology, you know, what, what are the odds of us meeting together and talk about life and share thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many good things that could come out of technology for sure. Like you said, um, you get to reconnect with family in that way, you know, that you used to probably back in the day would have to just write a letter to somebody. But nowadays there's like FaceTime and there's, you know, things like Zoom that we're on and, you know, or anything like that to where you're able to like see people face to face, you know, in a way without actually physically being there. So I think that's just, you know, that's one really good thing about technology is that it brings people together in that way. Right. 
And I remember back in middle school when I had to, when I went to summer camp and, uh, and, and one, one summer we had to write letters back to our, our families. And, um, you know, we had to write, a, you know, write on a piece of paper, put an envelope, you know, put a stamp on it, write our parents' address. And then you have to wait for, uh, wait about two, three weeks before you get a resp response. Mm. And so, yeah, but social media has really made that way much easier. You know, I, I could, I could call, call my friends in Missouri or call my friends in Florida and um, we could have that interaction on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, and I love that there's that opportunity now to where, yeah, because you don't have to wait weeks and weeks. And so many things have changed in that period of time from when you sent off that letter to when you finally receive that letter. It's like, it's almost like you're getting delayed, like updates of life. But now, like, like you said, here we are in this time and period of our life to where you could just find out things within within a minute. Like it's still like technology and social media. It just goes through so fast. And, you know, you can just see all of those updates uh, on places, you know, like Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. So there's definitely a beauty to uh, to social media for sure. So for the. The bad part about social media technology is that we're not, if we're not using it properly, it, it un unintentionally creates this, uh, I, I call it quote, quote, bubble uh, in each one of us and puts us in our own alternate reality. Like you can see it in, um, on social media, people argue over the, the, the most inconsequential things. Um, and they just want to, they want to be right. They want to win an argument for no reason when, but in reality, if you talk to that person face to face, we could come up with some agreement. Um, but that social media creates that wall, that, that the artificial barrier where people don't know how to interact. It, mm. it, it, it definitely uh, it creates that, like I say, creates that bubble where uh, people don't don't see don't see each other face to face. And um, they, um, yeah, they just. It, it, it's it's quite weird. It's a, it's a weird phenomenon. Um, mm -hmm. And second, my point is they, they don't see they don't see how they, they can't relate to the the person they're talking to. Um, you mm -hmm. know, they, they can't agreements and they it, 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 it feel like any disagreement would pop that bubble and they they they, they go they go ballistic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I could definitely see that for sure. I feel like everybody, everybody, I feel like when it comes to social media and trying to like cause a debate or something like that, there's some people that thrive off of that. I feel like there's a lot of people that thrive off of, you know, that may be scared to say something to your face, but then when it comes to social media, it's like, oh, I'm ready. Like, you know, get my Twitter fingers going and, you know, let's get going. So I could see where, you know, people are on there just ready to to really put out their true feelings in a way like you know sometimes it could be like that sometimes people are just doing it just to egg people on or you know to to really you know take somebody off i could see you know where people thrive off of like that drama i guess that comes with social media sometimes so right. i can see where people don't want to um some people don't want to create the you know relatability or come to an agreement on things they just want to post something and then jump off and then like kind of leave it to where, you know, sometimes if I'm going to be honest, like well, on social media, if I see somebody post a status and I'll see like, like 60, 70 comments, I'm, I'm reading all of that because it's like, sometimes it's like entertainment to me. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, let me get the popcorn out. 
I know. I mean, that's the thing. We um we tend to with that social media. It kind of so. For example, if we're you and I were interacting face to face, you know, we 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 look at each other, we gather our thoughts. Our the 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 thoughts from our brain would go through a filter and then comes out of our mouth. With social media technology, we don't get that. It's just you and you're staring at the screen. You saw you see a message. And you just type up your thoughts, and sometimes those thoughts should be kept to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. I know there's some things that are better left unsaid, and and I know like even the sh- I feel like sometimes it is easier for me to talk on social media just because um you know I know I've talked to you about this before, but like growing up as like an introvert, I just feel like the pressure. It's kind of off when it comes to posting on social media. Sometimes there is that nervousness if you're putting something pretty bold out there. But I feel like for the most part, when it comes to something pretty general or pretty basic, um, you know, I don't mind sharing my life on social media. But when it comes to being in person, it is a little bit more intimidating in a way just because it's like a a mind game in my head. (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah, I just definitely, um, you know, can see the the negative side of social media. And, you know, like I said, there's also that good side of social media to where I can kind of let my, um, I feel like for the most part, I'm an introvert, but I let the little percent of my extrovertness come out on social media and even on things like this. This is kind of why I wanted to do a podcast, just because, you know, I've always been known as like the introvert, the quiet guy. And it's like, here's my opportunity to get my voice out, to get to speak about topics that need to be addressed or just even fun topics just for people to get to know me a little bit more and to get to know the people that are in my life as well. Right, Joel. No, I I, I can relate with you, brother. Um, and my second part uh, the neg- uh, about the negative side of social media is that it almost caused us to, pa- uh, we had the tendency to so- passively socialize with other people because we don't even have to leave our house or our, I call it a safe haven to talk to another person. So, you know, when you see, uh, we talk to your friends and, and, and your friends send you something funny and you say, LOL, in reality, are you really, are you really laughing in your house? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know I, there's so many times where I put that laughing emoji and it's like, I'm not really laughing, but like, I'm just letting you know that my, my intent or my tone of my message is kind of like, lighthearted and not maybe too serious so i have those moments where i'll put lol but it's like really my lol link uh maybe 99 percent of the time is a no <laughs> right and this also goes back goes to, to my next next point about um you know passively socialize is that we sort of missed that social um missed that bond with social uh with, with um social media um because our facial expression tells a lot about ourselves, our emotions, and what, how we think, what makes us tick. Um, but the social media, when we just, we're just chatting on Facebook Messenger or uh, texting, it takes away that aspect. It goes to my, um, one of my analogies. So I came back from my deployment in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. And when I came back to the States, everybody was wearing masks and they had to socially distance it really took away that I, I, I missed that facial expression for, you know, missing people's facial expression for about a year. And it's, it was almost, de- almost emotionally devastating to me because I felt like, like that year was really depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. It was, you know, unfortunate that you only had to look at people just through their eyes and like 
that only tells part of the story. Like you said, your facial expressions, you know, tell a lot. Like, you know, when it comes to like, oh, like, you know, you can just tell when you're surprised or, you know, when you're, you know, pretty, you know, happy to see somebody. But it's like, you really can't tell when that mask is covering your, you know, most of your face. And it's just, it definitely did bring a lot of, you know, barriers when it came to conversations because not many people also it almost was like encouraged not to speak to people and you know kind of keep your distance from people don't even they were even like we're you know talking about you know with big groups and stuff like that and it's hard for me just because you know I have a big family so like you know being told basically you can't be in more than you know a few people five people it was a pretty challenging but I'm glad that we got through those times, but those were some hard moments for sure. Right. And recently I was reading this article uh, from The Atlantic that, um, you know, United States, America, uh, our culture, um, facial expression is our uh, trademark culture in this country. Um, they said, um, if you, uh, they said, compared to other countries, um, United, the people in America tend to smile, smile more. And uh, one of the reasons being is that we're a nation of immigrants. We have a very diverse background of all people from all, all walks of life. So we all speak different languages. And um, so smiling, it's kind of a, a nonverbal language to say, I accept you for who you are. You know, we, we want to establish rapport. Um, so, yeah. so, I mean, like that's, you know, smiling and all those different facial expression is are, are other ways of communicating with other, another person. You know, we have to wear masks and not not so you know not social not, and, and socially distance from, from from our friends and families. Yeah, yeah, I think that I like you know I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that that's um you know like a smile or like a head nod or something like that is almost like you know like you said an acknowledgement that like you know hey you know basically like you know it's like a friendly kind of gesture like a invitation maybe not to even if you don't speak like it's just kind of like you know i acknowledge you and i see you and like you know it's almost like um in a way it's like you're saying like you know like hopefully you're having a good day you know it's almost like you're saying things without right. saying it it's like you're having that positive energy and you're just giving it to that other person right and personally for me wearing you know keeping my mask on makes it so hard to speak you know, when I talk to people, it, it, you're, you're you're generating more, you know, that that breast in your in, behind that mask, and quickly just it got you know accumulates all this moisture. It makes it so uncomfortable to speak. So naturally, we're, we're less likely to speak. Yeah, that's very true, and I I could definitely relate to that. Where I've had a mask on before, and it just seems like sometimes I have to take off my mask in order to tell you like what I'm trying to say. Sometimes people are like, huh what so it's like oh my gosh let me just take it off like i know i'm going against the rules but right. it's like like you you can't tell what i'm saying uh, like especially like at a restaurant when they're like you know name and you tell them your name and then they're like huh and they're like you know oh my gosh let me just take it off so i can just tell you my name clearly because that happened one time where i tried keeping it on the whole time and they they had my name be like completely off so it's like there's that you know challenge there like you said to where people almost don't even want to speak when it comes to, you know, wearing a mask in those cases. Cause like you said, it gets kind of hard at times. Right. I remember having to give a class one day and I had my mask on. I, I felt like I sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> womp, womp, yeah. womp, womp, womp. 
<laughs> yeah, that is funny. I, I love uh Charlie Brown. That makes me feel nostalgic just thinking about Charlie Brown. But um, but yeah, I can see what you mean. It is very like hard to, you know, kind of hear people sometimes. And um speaking of like, you know, being physically face to face with someone, like um, I feel like even with technology, I feel like it technology is, you know, I think you even mentioned something about a safe haven, and I just think about you know, when you, when people have these phones, like everybody, you know, when they go out in public, this is like their go-to, like it's almost their go-to is not to meet somebody, actually meet somebody. It's like when they're in a big group setting, um, it usually is people going straight to their phones. And I can say that I've fallen into that just because, you know, that we've talked about being like introverts and all that. I feel like that's usually my go-to is just going straight over to my phone and, you know, people like, you know, like it's almost like I want people to talk to me, but at the same time, I, I don't. So it's like I'm in that weird headspace and weird mind game <laughs> where it's like, yep. you know, I want you to be my friend, but at the same time, don't talk to me. So it's like it's one of those weird kind of things that I still struggle with. And, you know, I definitely want to improve on for sure. No, I, I can relate that. Uh, I can relate to that because, um, you know, as an introvert myself, sometimes when you're in a, in a crowded setting, it's much easier to go to, go to your, go to, revert to your phone and talk to your friends who you're close with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, that's, I guess, kind of why I even brought up Safe Haven as well, just because it almost feels like, okay, this is like sanctuary. This is like where I'm, I'm good, I'm safe. I know I can talk to these people on here and just, you know, get through you know like as far as with me with church like you know if i'm sitting alone in church before the service starts like here's my go-to and you know because if nobody's talking to me like i'm just going to get on here until the service that's about to start and then it's like okay now i'm good so but i know i hate to even have that kind of tendency or practice because i know i see it within other people and when other people are on their technology that almost you know, it closes that wall or it's almost like people putting up that wall that it's almost like they don't want you talking to them. And it's like, it's unfortunate because like you may have a lot of similarities like within church, you know, there's a lot of people that are there that are, you know, wanting to pursue a you know relationship with God and, you know, want to have the same, and we may be going to the same stages of life. You know, we, like with me, I'm going to be turning 30 this year and there may be other people in my life that, or people within my church that are in their, you know, mid early thirties, mid thirties, or even late twenties that uh, are going through the same things that I'm going through. But like that connection is not happening because of technology. We kind of build up these walls and it's, uh, you know, unfortunate. And that's something that I definitely want to improve on. I, I'm hoping to, you know, do that this year but it's a hard battle just being an introvert and you know trying to get myself out there it, it's a challenge to get over oh the, it's you know I, the way i see it the, the slow progress is progress so as long as you're making that effort it counts yeah most definitely and i think you know somebody once told me on one of these podcast episodes way in the beginning they told me that um that like as long as you're doing one percent better each and every day, then like you can't go wrong. I think you as long as you're making some kind of progress, it's in progress at the end of the day. There's no as long as you're just taking that one step forward and not two steps back, I think you're winning when it comes to the game of life. <laughs> it kind of goes back to my uh our side conversations the other about uh 
The Slight Edge by uh, is a book writ written by uh, Jeff Olson. Um, he talks about how the little life decision we make every second, every minute, every hour, every day to every week, it, it's a compound. It's a compound interest of all that little efforts that we make to become who we are. Today. There's no magic bullet to say, you know, as an introvert, I want to be more social. And boom, overnight, you know, you become a very sociable person. It takes about it takes that little steps that you take. You know, when you walk walk down your the, the streets down your neighborhood and you see um, a strange a stranger, you just smile and say hi. You know, that's one step. Or if you go um, instead of doing online church, you go to, go to church in person. That's another step. You know, it's all that little thing that adds up. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely need to get that book because I know you mentioned it to me the other day and it sounds really interesting. So I definitely want to get that book because I think it, it does teach like some valuable things within that book of like, you know, taking those small little steps in order to to get to like the, the long term goal that you have, you know, pursue and wanted to pursue in your you know, hard and in your mind. So, you know, I think that's really good. Just taking those small little steps can get you far. And like once you, like a year from now, you may look back on it and think like, wow, look how far I came just by making these small little changes each and every day. Or even if it takes a slower process, even if you make these small changes each week or each month, like so there's a, there's definitely, there's no race when it comes to, you know, reaching your goals. There's always, um, you know, it takes a long time and it requires a lot of patience for sure. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know for me, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, you would think by now that I would have this down that like even with this podcast, you know, here I am on episode 55 and I'm still, you know, trying to find my way of, you know, communicating with people and like making sure I have the right balance of like trying not to talk too much, but then at the same time, not talking so little so uh, there's always that fine line of you know not being too too quiet about a topic but then at the same time not overwhelming you know somebody with like word vomit or whatever you want to call it <laughs> right well you know i'll tell you what brother i think uh, you know you talking uh talking too much which i disagree i think you being able to elaborate yourself express your heart it, it's a plus it, it it's a good thing i mean it really makes this podcast a really pleasant conversation as opposed to being a more like an interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely appreciate that. I know there are moments where I feel like maybe I do overwhelm some of my guests, but I'm glad in this case it's a, a positive outcome out of this. So I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, it, it adds more ideas to our conversations and the more we could build upon Yes, absolutely. So um, before I get into the next topic, I have one more question that I, a quick little question that I want to ask about technology. So um, I know now there's, of course, there's like I was mentioning not too long ago, there's like the, the newest phone comes out and the newest cars come out and, you know, these different kind of things. Um, are you one of those type that are always like once the new phone comes out, you want to go get that new phone or do you like care less about those kind of things? Um, I pretty much care less about them because, you know, an iPhone mini 12 is the same as iPhone mini 14. So it, <laughs> I can still call people. I can still do the same thing with an old phone. And as a matter of fact, I still have my Android. I, I use it to take pictures. Um, and, and that phone has all this, uh, the screen's all shattered. I mean, that's my anti-theft anti device because no one would want to steal that thing. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to go after those. They want to go after those brand new things. So I, I'm I'm kind of the same way as you. Like, um, you know, if you know if my phone does start messing up, I will at that time get like maybe the newest phone. But I'm not that type that like you know like what my last situation. I a couple years ago, I had uh, you know, I had my phone was messing up, and I ended up getting like the newest phone at the time, which was an 11 Pro Max. And then, like, a month later, the 12 came out. So I wasn't going to be like, oh, crap, let me go back to the, the Apple store and go get a the newest one. But I do know people that are like that, where as soon as the newest one comes out, they, they go right after it. But then I start thinking, why? Like, the only newest thing is that maybe the quality of the camera may be just, like, a tad bit better, but not to where you can tell a significant difference. So it's almost right. like, you know, where... You know, like, you know, that pursuing of like getting the newest technology and stuff like that is like maybe not, maybe not practical. Not for me, at least. That's just too much money to be keep going out there and trying to get the newest phone and having to keep making payment after payment. And it takes years to get that payment off, you know, sometimes depending on how I, you do it. <laughs> well, I totally agree. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I'm not about living with the Joneses. You know, I'm all about fun, uh, functionality of what I, what I purchase. Um, I, I've been, uh, I was able to switch to an iPhone mini 12, 2021. <laughs> so I'm, I'm far behind and, uh, my video game platform is Xbox 360. <laughs> nice. There you go. Uh, that definitely taking me back. <laughs> yeah. I don't have, um, you know, I'm not out there to buy the newest P PlayStation or I don't even know what, what game platform they have out there. Was PlayStation six or seven? I, I don't even know. Like, I'm yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm old school. Yeah, same here. That's I think the the only like game consoles that I've played on, like probably the newest thing is like the Wii, and that's been out for a little while now. So, <laughs> and I, you know, before I buy any new platform or buy anything new, I I do a lot of research to see like does this really will this really serve me uh, well? Does it does it really serve a purpose in my life? And um, and yeah, and and I'll, I I do make some hard decisions. Yeah, and that that's good that you actually do all that research and like making sure like is this worth even getting? Like, will I even have um you know enough time to even get on something like this? Because some people do buy like these big things and then they only use it for like a month and then it just sits there. You know, just nobody ever uses it again because maybe life gets busy. So then it's almost like you know that money that you spent on that newest, you know, console, whether it's, you know, PS5, you know, 6, whatever the newest one is, you know, you, you know, you buy it and then you, you maybe play with it at the very beginning, just that excitement of having it. And then it just like life gets busy and then it's just kind of sitting there like it, like it never should have been bought in the first place. It's like all that time yep. it's just building up dust. <laughs> yep. Um, and it kind of goes to my next point. Um, so my, my dad is a business person. Um, and you know, I, I get, I get this knowledge from him a lot. He's, he said the two happiest time, you know, of boat, uh, of, of owning a boat is purchasing the boat and selling the boat. <laughs> that's, that's a good, good way of thinking. <laughs> so yeah. Cause you got to buy, you know, Purchase a boat, you got to purchase insurance, you got to buy, you got to purchase you know, docking fees and all the money you have to pay to upkeep a material. 
you know, an equipment. So, I mean, that's just more money out of your pocket. And, you know, do I, do I like having a boat? Absolutely. I, I do like having a boat, but how often do I use that boat? You know, when I live in, you know, if I live in, let's say Missouri, like, you know, middle, uh, in the Midwest, you know, how often do you use it? Not a whole lot. Yeah, that is true. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, a really good way of thinking that, like, you know, like, once you buy something, there's that commitment of, you know, there's work you may have to put on it, you know, if maybe if it's not the newest boat, or maybe if there is something that, you know, went down, you got to fix that up. And like you said, there's insurance that comes with that. So there's a lot to think about, like, before you actually go into buying something like, you know, a boat or a car or something like that, really do your research, people. So the next one I want to talk about is um, the idea of like fashion. I feel like many people, um, I can't really say for me, but I know for many people, fashion is like super important to people. They like to get the newest clothes. Uh, they like to, you know, for women, they like these handbags that cost thousands of dollars and, you know, stuff like that. So I guess my question for you is, um, do you feel like you have to keep up with the world when it comes to fashion and like brands? Or are you more of that type that like, who really cares about that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, you know, I, if I um, to keep up the world, um, to me, I'm more like I keep up with the environment around me. Like look at here in the Pacific Northwest, it's currently raining right now. So guess what I'm wearing? I'm wearing, um, I'm wearing rain jacket and uh just keep myself warm um so yeah it, in in some way i do keep up with the world in in the real world <laughs> um yeah i kind of I, I dress i dress appropriately for the uh, the climate and environment i'm in um so yeah like like when i was in alaska uh where it's cold, um it's winter for half of the year and we're constantly snow, snowed in you know, I wear a lot of, you know, winter clothing and I wear muck boots because it's wet all the time. Um, I mean, is, is, it a, is it a trendy fashion? I mean, it's a matter of perspective, you know, to someone living in Alaska. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much a popular fashion. You know, it's camos and, you know, muck boots, but it may not be fashionable in, let's say, California. So, I mean, it's all relative. Um, now, do I care about following a trend and dress, you know, dress fashionably. Um, I mean, I like to dress functional. Um, I like to wear clothes that have, that serves a purpose. Um, just like right, right now I'm wearing, I'm wearing, wearing a rain jacket um, out, in, out in the rainy weather. Mm -hmm. And I, I like the fashion. I like, I like camo. <laughs> because I've been well, it's in the countryside for a while. I, 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 I like this kind of fashion. But, you know, in a metropolitan area in, in Washington, that might not be fashionable. But like like I said, it's all relative. Yeah, I, I'm actually glad that you, you answered it in the way that you did. Because the way I was thinking it in my head was like um, keeping up with the world, like with modern day culture. But like, I like how you use like the actual like, world like you know as far as the environment and the climate that you're in I, I think that's a really good way of like putting you know putting an answer into that question because like you said you're in an area where it's raining it's a little bit cooler than it is over here where I'm at which we still have our cold moments but not as often as y'all do so you know just having to adjust to the climate that you're in like you said you're in a rain jacket right now and here I am with you know short sleeves on and 
you know, over here in Alabama in the deep south. So, (laughs) so speaking of camo, I was gonna, uh, I was thinking, you know, yeah, I think you'll fit pretty well here in the south because we love camo too. (laughs) Yes. No, I'm looking forward to it because after July, I'll be down there in uh, Georgia. Yeah, so. that'll be a definitely a big difference between Washington and Georgia as far as like the weather and the climate goes. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I'm acclimated to the cold. Um, but at the same time, if you give me a choice between a warm weather and severe cold weather, I take the warm weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, same here. That's why I like, you know, living where I live to where it's warmer most of the year and like we have a small period of coldness and you know a little bit of chill here and there don't have much snow so like you know i I do like to see snow but um as far as like it coming down here um people here in the south we we don't know what to do when it snows and we go crazy we go to the stores and buy all the the bread and milk and for some you know it's just we're bizarre over here we we don't know how to act whenever it starts snowing if that four letter s word not not the bad word but the s-n-o-w come into the game (laughs) we're all like oh crap we gotta go into the stores we gotta buy up everything just in case if we get trapped in and like we we're insane over here (laughs) Uh, and 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 look at the current events like i think they're at at eggs to that shopping list right (laughs) oh my gosh yes that the eggs are bizarre like i just saw that last week me and my mom were at the store and i heard people talking about the egg prices and like when i saw those egg prices myself i was like oh my gosh like 18 eggs is like 15 16 dollars a carton and it's like that's insane like i used to work in uh retail and i used to work in a dairy department so like i used to deal with the eggs a lot back in my previous job and like the eggs were like everybody complained about the egg prices then and they were like 188 or one or 288 or something like that it's like y'all might want to be grateful like that it was that at the time because now here we are that prices have like it's not even quadrupled. I feel like it's gone up so much more than that. It's insane. That is crazy. Yeah, it really is. And even for like six, like if you want to just half a dozen, it's like three something. It's like, are you insane people? Like this is like bizarre. That is that is bizarre. <laughs> it really is. Like I'm I'm definitely like it's a, a mind-boggling thing to even think about. So <laughs> So Liza, that that just um yeah, this this is a crazy world we live in. <laughs> okay, buy the bread and milk. <laughs> and yeah, I know we're we're crazy over here. We uh, people are all about that. So you know, I'm glad that we brought up snow because that does tie into like what we would wear as far as fashion. Like, you know, you get a jacket or you know, snow boots, you get the long socks, you know, you get whatever you need to get through each time. But as far as like going after the, the newest brand kind of stuff. I'm not really into that kind of lifestyle. I'm more into whatever, like, I guess growing up with a lot of siblings, we used to always just have hand-me-downs, like whatever our older brothers wore, it was handed down to us. Or we'll go to like a thrift store or, you know, somewhere like that where things are cheaper and discounted on sale. So I've never really been into like the world of, you know, oh man, I gotta go get you know this. Um, you know this brand of I can't even think of like the biggest brands of clothes. Like I'm, I'm just not even into that world. But like 
when I think of like women, like, you know, I've always heard more, like these brands like Gucci and you hear about Louis Vuitton and stuff like that. So it's like, I've never been like that type to like, oh, you gotta, like, I mean, I know it's important to present yourself in like the best way possible, but like at the same time, I don't feel like I am like that big into like caring to impress anybody when it comes to what I wear. Like right now I'm just wearing a t-shirt and that's what I wear a good percentage of the time is a t-shirt yeah. or, you know, sometimes I'll wear a collar shirt too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what though, because uh, when I was in high school, high school, college, I grew up around that environment. Um, we, um, you know, I, I would go shop for um, like the most trendiest stores like Abercrombie and Fitch, um, J crew for some, for something that's more presentable, like business casual, um, like I look for these high, you know, high end brands so I could look more presentable. But over time, you realize that's just a facade because over time, you know, we, we throw the throw the clothes in the washer. It, it becomes, you know, it wears off. So, you know, and you got to iron, you got to iron it to so get, get the get rid of the crease, get rid of all the wrinkles. I mean. Like when right now, when I wear something business casual, I wear something that's you know, you know, I wear something that's more that's wrinkle resistance and waterproofs, and uh, and for the half the price that I pay for uh, in, in with these fancy clothes. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking. You know, whenever it comes to like what you want to buy, because yeah, is that you know having to take the time to iron something out and. You know, stuff like that. I mean, even though it doesn't take that long, but it's like I could be doing something else with these few minutes, you know, just, uh, you know, have do something a little bit more productive. So and I think that's like, you know, a good idea as far as, you know, even like what kind of clothes to buy and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> right. And because we move move around all the time, like over time, we accumulate, accumulate a lot of stuff from each assignments we're at. So right now I'm at a stage of life where, I, when I look at stuff, I said, oh, golly, this is, I got so much stuff. I want to get rid of them. Like, I want to just live with a bare minimum so I can move around freely. So, you know, I, I definitely grew out of that materialistic mindset. I, I kind of like, I enjoy simplicity. Mm -hmm. I just like stuff that has fun. It gets me around. <laughs> yeah. It creates life. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think once we get older, we start to realize that, like, those things really don't matter at the end of the day. Like, yes, it's, a, it's good to to have yourself not look like, you know, like a super, like, if I'm going actually to work in person, I, I do, you know, dress accordingly, business casual and, you know, all of that. But, like, when it comes to, like, just a normal day of going out, if you're just going out to the grocery store or, you know, wherever the case may be, like you just, you know, you just dress the way you do. Like if I'm just wearing a t-shirt, then like I'm perfectly fine with that. And, you know, I think you realize that like, you know, like you were saying, there's a whole facade or like putting up a front, like kind of um, to what you, you know, to, to how you want to, I guess, you know, show people how you look, you know, and now I think as we get older, um, we kind of care less about those kind of things. And like, we just right. realize that there's just a simpler way of doing things and just, not even worrying about, um, you know, I mean, not everybody dresses like that because they're worried that they're not impressing people, but like some people may have that kind of attitude. So I think just as important to just, you know, just have a simpler life and, you know, live without your life, you know, not worrying about 
what other right. people think, uh, how you should look, you know, compared to um, this modern day, you know, culture of, you know, I got to get the newest, you know, handbag, I got to get the newest jacket, I got to get the newest shoes. So, um, so yeah, there is that. <laughs> yep. I know, it's, you know, I, I'm with you there. So, uh, yeah, something that I've definitely learned as I've gotten older as well, that like there are some things maybe I'll add into my, uh, I guess, fashion. There's maybe some things that are trending that maybe I have added before, but like I don't make it to where it's like it's like the only thing that I like I'm going after. Like I still try to keep it pretty simple overall. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, add to that, um, my, uh, here's my other fashion that I think you could, you might appreciate as, as an introvert is, um, I do like buying certain, uh, buying some shirts that has a funny messages, uh, with, with funny, uh, funny graphic, um, to, you know, to just walk, walk, walk around public and strike up a conversation because people see that and they, they, they say, oh, that's, that's, that's a funny, that's a funny, funny shirt. And they'll, they'll strike up a conversation and then that's how you could, you know, build that bridge with other people. Yeah, I actually like that you brought that up because that actually is stuff that like I have done, like, and I have like some other siblings that are probably maybe a little bit more of an introvert as well. And I can think of one family member, for example, like he told me one time he went to a concert and he wore a shirt and it says something like on the front of his shirt, it says something like, and I think it was a Christian concert, actually, it said, I'm a hypocrite. So everybody, when they saw the front of it, they're thinking, like, what? Like, what are you, like, why are you wearing that out here? Like, it makes it sound like you're, like, being a hypocrite for being a Christian or something like that. But then, you know, he would turn around and on the back of his shirt, he would talk about, like, maybe something about, but, like, I have a, a God that, like, unconditionally loves me and died for me. And, like, it's almost like presenting the gospel on the back of his shirt. But, like, on the right. front of his shirt, like, the, it is true that we can be hypocrites and, you know, be a sinner. And I think, like, those kind of messages, whether, like you said, a funny one, like, I've had those funny shirts, or even, like, a serious message, it strikes up a conversation and builds that connection. And you never know, in some cases, that could always lead to people sharing the gospel. Absolutely. I, I'm with you there. So, yeah, I like those, you know, definitely where um, I don't have as many funny shirts anymore. I think I do have one where uh, maybe about 10 or 11 years ago when that song Sexy and I Know It came out, I do have a shirt that um, I think it does say like, hello, I'm sexy and I know it. So I think I still have that one. But most of my oh. shirts are, uh, you know, a little bit more serious i guess they strike a little bit more of a conversation like there's um you know some more positive ones that i have like oh this one i think it just says it says restored by the lord so like uh you know like some of these i got it from one of these christian stores that used to be here but it's no longer here but yeah i like those kind of shirts somewhere you can create conversation right and that's that goes to my next uh my next story um, I was in recently I was in Los Angeles and um, normally you don't see anyone wearing camel clothes um, in Los Angeles. And I went to a grocery store and this old man came up to me and said, hey, I love your camo. And he was actually he was wearing another pattern camo as well. So we started talking about, you know, our, 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 our outdoorsy lives. And um, and that's how you that's, that's how you build bridges with strangers. Yeah, I like that. You know, you get to build that. Um, bridge and connection with other people and you just meet over just 
you know, what you're wearing sometimes, you know, people can, you know, build a, build a similar, or because they may, you know, like that kind of fashion, you know, I'm sure there are some people that have met somebody just based off what they're wearing and they've been, they've been good friends ever since. Right. And, um, like I said, it goes back to my, my point about dressing with a purpose. Like if you're wearing like, um, a fashionable, like if you're wearing clothes of like some, some high, high branded clothing, um, what are you trying? What are you trying to convey, right? If you're wearing Gucci, you're wearing um, Louis Vuitton. I, I don't know. I don't know all these all these companies, but if you're wearing these expensive clothing, what what message are you trying to send to your 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 audience, to the public, right? Like, what purpose does it serve? Yeah, I think that that says a lot for sure. I think what you wear is almost like presenting a, a message and a statement that you want to basically give to people without saying the words actually so it's like if you dress really nice it's like are you giving off the the energy that like you are you know that you make a lot of money like you do you like almost want people to think that you are one person somebody that you're not like it's almost like putting on a, a persona in a way so there's a lot that comes out even just based out of clothing and i know some people may be thinking like I think you're maybe thinking too deep into it, but in reality, it's like no, it's not that far fetched, really. If you think about the way people dress, I think you know you can almost kind of you almost know like who they are, or who they're trying to be or present to people just based off what they're wearing. I I agree. <laughs> so so yeah, I think um you know fashion and technology, like I mentioned earlier, were two like big things I wanted to talk about. But there's one more thing that I want to talk about, and it's something that I feel like we all have fallen into trap with this trap, and it is on money. So yeah. I know um you know talk okay. I, I think a lot about money, and you know I, you know as far as you know everybody works for money, you know everybody pursues like getting up to to higher you know promotions and you know, different positions to where you can make more money. I know I can say I've done, you know, I definitely pursue that in life too, because, you know, you want to provide for yourself and then also, you know, provide for your family. If you have, you know, a, a spouse and children, which as of right now, I don't, but, you know, preparing for those moments for when it does happen. So I do feel like um, there's a lot of good that comes out of money. But at the same time, there's a lot of bad that comes out of money. And there's a, a dangerous road that I feel like we can go down if like we're pers only pursuing money. And so I guess my question is kind of a, a question that I have been thinking about ever since I like typed it out and like sent it your way. So my question would be like, um, when does that love for money become dangerous, like in the game of life? Yeah, so that's a great question. I love that question. Um, so personally, like myself, I see myself as a person who loves money, but I do not worship money. Um, when I love of money, uh, the love for money is, I, you know, I, the way I, the way I love money is like I, I like money as as an expendable element that helps me um, take steps to purchase uh, to pursue happiness. Um, you know, like what makes me happy is you know traveling to see friends and families. Uh, or trying out the new restaurants at you know restaurants in town, and um, we're you know, going to movies from on the weekends like that. That those, those are the kind of activities that make me happy. I, I enjoy doing them, um, but at the same time, I don't worship money. Um, where you see money as the only thing that would make you happy, and um, how you back to you know 
dressing fashionably, you're or you know buying the newest technologies. Um, you know you associate expensive, fancy material goods with wealth. So you see people who are buying the newest newest cars and new, the newest the biggest homes right? because they see that as see that as being wealthy. Um, so they let unintentionally they've let money run their lives because now if you buy the newest car, you buy the most expensive car, you got to go work harder to make that money to help finance that, that material. So that, 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 that creates a vicious cycle of people letting money run their lives, not them managing their money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I like that you, the first thing that you mentioned is that that you you love money, but you don't worship money. And that's kind of where I was thinking of, like when I thought about this question about, um, I feel like it becomes dangerous when like, you start idolizing money, like when that's like the only thing that you're pursuing, you're not even trying to pursue, like you you may be spending a lot more time at work than like you probably could, like more, more than likely you could probably be spending the rest of your night at home with your loved ones, you know, if somebody's married and has children, but like you choose instead to, you know, keep working in the office and like trying to get a lot of overtime to where like you make a lot more money, and because you may be trying to keep up with the Joneses, like we mentioned earlier, you try to keep up with the newest um, clothing, the newest cars, the newest, you know, the biggest house. And, and that becomes a very vicious cycle that you can get down. And like you said, and it could be a very uh, dangerous road when it becomes your idol and you put money before even even before yourself, like you start just spending like money on things that like you really don't need but it's stuff that you want and it's just um it could be very it could be very bad you know when you start to uh make those big expenses for like, almost like living beyond your means basically right yeah it's like um buying like one of my friends he bought a bmw like years and years ago and he, he cherished that car so much. He would change his completely change his lifestyle. He, he wouldn't go to certain areas because he, he was afraid of getting his car car scratched, or um, or he would have to take the car to a dealership. I call it dealership because they charge you a lot of money to get the most simplest work done. <laughs> um, so uh, it's just he lets that car run his life. You know, they just change his complete completely change his personality. I just, you know, it was, a, it, was, it was, you know, it was, it's a shame. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, like once you buy something like that big and that new, it's almost like you said that car is now in control of your life with like what areas you want to go to and the things that you want to do and the people that you want to surround yourself with. It's like, it's weird how like something like that can really change your whole life and like do a whole 180, sometimes for the worse. Yeah. And what's what's scary about it about that is that um, you once you buy a new car and you take that car out of a dealership, it automatically depreciates. It doesn't doesn't add value to your pocketbook. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. Like people don't really think about those kind of things. They just it's almost like people fall into this like love at first sight kind of thing whenever they see a car that they really want. And it's like, oh my gosh, that that's it. That's the car I want. And um, you know, they may do a test drive right quick and then say, like, well, yeah, this is it. And yeah, then they just kind of go with it and they don't really think about like the long term 
like you know effects that happen after you get it after you get that new car because yeah like it may be you know nice to have in the moment but like long term yeah like you said there are some things that you know like you said it depreciates right and um i just see um like expensive items define my define me as a person you know um and uh, that's that's one that goes to my next point uh there's a book have you have you read that book called million next the a millionaire next door i haven't yet yeah uh it, 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 the book talks about how a lot of people who are financially successful live below their means they they don't look they don't dress they don't dress like they're they don't dress like they're fake rich they just they wear average they, they wear ordinary clothing just like you and i you know they look like average joe and they don't buy the most expensive cars um so like when you we live below your means you're you know you accumulate all the all the disposable income for you to buy um to use that money on something else more valuable like traveling to see your friends traveling to see families and um also um if you're into investments um you can invest in assets that actually appreciate in value over time and that's why a lot of rich people uh, people who are wealthy they generate a lot of they, they they spend money on things that would generate passive income so over time they never have to work for money they um they're not worshiping money because they're using their but they love money because they use money as a as a as a tool to help them generate more money to help them take steps to pursue happiness um um, and there's another book called Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that's another book I recommend reading. That that's a really easy book to read. Um, he talks about how um, the rich people use money to make money, but the poor works for money. Mm. Yeah. Take the time read. I love that book. Yeah, so those are definitely two good books that you know I definitely would want to you know look into, and you know hopefully the viewers will you know get into that book as well because I think. It's important to to really be smart with how you use your money. If you know if somebody is watching that may be of a higher um, you know tax bracket, whatever you want to call it, somebody that's in a higher you know upper class of like making a lot of money, because that that money if you don't spend it wisely or use it wisely, um, you could be just you can just come back down to um, struggling for a job. Like I've seen too many people that are like celebrities that, you know, make big money, like that may be that person of the time, whether it's, you know, early 2000s or 90s or whatever the case may be. And then you never hear from them again after that. And it's almost like it's probably because they were like so used to the luxurious lifestyles and like getting the newest stuff and like the biggest places. And then uh, when time comes around for stuff like like when you when you lose a job or like you stop getting those acting gigs um, you start to, you know, being that you start struggling with like being able to provide for that lifestyle that you've been so used to. So I feel like, you know, having the mindset of, you know, like you like you were talking about dressing like the average Joel in my case, you know, uh, dressing like, uh, you know, like the average person, but like making, you know, good money, you know, like you just got to really be smart with like how you um how you dress and like what kind of cars you buy and stuff like that because at the end of the day money is temporary and like money can come and go just like that so <laughs> no i'm with you there and you know this is why you see a lot of um if you see a lot of people who um won the lottery 
how come you don't you don't see them um, maintain that wealth? You see a lot of people who won the lottery tend to go bankrupt afterwards in a year because they don't know how to spend it wisely. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they they'll t- to to uh, buy the newest car, uh, buy a biggest house. They could they they could you know they could afford to put a down payment. All those items you purchase, you have to pay taxes. You know, and if you win a lottery, you know you still have to pay taxes for the money won. <laughs> So all those all those all those costs add up. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think you know people really don't even think about that when they win the lottery. They start thinking like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to do this, this, this," and it's like, "Hold on, like you know, you gotta." You know, like people, <laughs> I feel like we have this tendency, and you know, I've even fallen into it, where like you, it's almost like you you say you act on something before you really think about it, and sometimes even when I speak. It's almost like um saying something before I'd like think about it. So it's like almost like the the way we say think before you speak is like really a, a advice when it comes to money and like making sure you don't overdo it. It's kind of like think before you buy kind of thing. Think before you spend because like if we start, you know, having this mindset of, uh, you know, oh, I want this thing, this thing, this thing. And it's like, Long term, like probably a year from now, like if you just won a lottery, like uh, like Gary said, a year from now, you may be in a worse situation because you were a little too invested into, well, for one thing, you're probably too invested in not making investments. You were more invested in just um, getting the newest stuff and like using your um, using your money for that reason, just trying to um, stay relevant or whatever you want to call it when it comes to you know, some people maybe put a value when it comes to the newest things, like if you have the newest clothes or the newest, um, you know, the newest phones or newest cars, you know, people may look at you and value as someone that's, you know, a little bit more wealthier and someone that, you know, oh, look how good their life is. But then in reality, like, uh, like Gary said, at the end of the day, we all have to pay our taxes and, you know, that comes with even if you win the lottery. So, it just shows, you know, the, the tax season always shows me that at the end of the day, we're all equal in that way. You know, you have to still do those kind of things, even if you're rich. <laughs> you know, it always makes me smile when I hear people talk about, oh, if I won the lottery, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy a minivan, I want to, I want to do, this. I want to go take on the biggest vacation ever, you know, and it's just like, just, just, once you, like, I say, slow down, you know, when you win a lottery, don't change your lifestyle drastically. Just live the same way as you live. But now you have that big pool of money to uh, be financially independent. Um, I never, I, I don't like to say, say I want to pursue wealth, but, but I do like to say I like to pursue financial independence because a million, like a million dollar for some person may be, may not be enough for, you know, guys like Bill Gates or Elon Musk. But for me, a million dollars, it's a lot of money. So it's all it, it goes back to you know being like the money like the, the the definition of wealth is subjective it's is all relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think um like having that you know want to like pursue something like financial independence it's super important and like having that love for money is definitely not wrong you know like you definitely love money and like want to have that money and want to uh you know use it for for good like when it comes to providing for you or for your family i definitely think that's good you know to have and you know to 
like I said, be you know financially independent to where you are not crossing that line of oh my gosh, that's like the only thing that I want is like wealth, 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 money, 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 and you know having that uh you know having that attitude it it will not it usually doesn't end up working out for people. It usually uh, has people they maybe go up on a big steep hill and then they have to have a deep descent into um, a valley of you know debt and stuff like that if they start spending their money a little too um, crazily out here. <laughs> right. And and it's something I like to educate like, you know, my guys, you know, because I see a lot of young folks, you know, showing up to work, drink, you know, drinking Starbucks every day. And how much do a couple of Starbucks Frappuccino cost? Like what, five dollars, six dollars? Mm -hmm. yeah. But you know, as you ask yourself, how many of these guys have known Starbucks stocks? I would say probably not, probably rarely. But you know, if I buy Star, you know, if I buy uh, Starbucks stocks, then over time, you know, let's say ten shares of stocks, it, you know, you, you just keep on accumulating uh, shares. You're, you're, you're generating a passive income whereas if you just buy Starbucks coffee every day that's like five five dollars out of your pocket every day and um, you know it adds up yeah yeah you're absolutely right like even those small little things that you don't really probably see harm in when you're doing it at the moment like you said a five dollar cup of coffee you know at Starbucks at, at the end of the day if you you know if you make that a normal daily process to like that's something that you do each and every day before you go to work it it does start adding up and you know people don't really think about even those small little things so it does go to show that like you can make some differences in your life that you know even those small changes to where you can really make a big impact on your finances to where um like you're really being smart with how you you spend your money and how much you um, you know, can can love your money, you know, and have that balance without making money an idol. Right. So, like, let's say a Starbucks, uh, a share of stock, Starbucks stocks costs about twenty dollars a share, right? So, I would buy ten shares. That's two hundred dollars. Um, over a year, Starbucks stocks went up twenty two dollars a share. That's two times ten. That's that's uh, twenty dollars. That's twenty extra twenty dollars in your pocket. I may not see much, but you know, over time, you're 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 buying more shares after shares. You know, let's say hundred shares, that's two thousand, and now you have every every year you have two hundred dollars in your pocket, and that's passive income. So it may not seem much in the beginning, but it's just it's it goes back to that book I was telling you about, you know, Side Edge by Jeff Olson. You know, it's the little things you do in life where you, you, you accumulate, you know, wealth. You generate that passive income the little, the little steps you take it, it all adds up and um you know I, I hear people tell me well i don't have money to invest in stocks well if you don't drink starbucks for a month you have what five times 30 that's 150 dollars we have money we have cash mm -hmm. yeah that's right i think yeah, many, many people like to make that excuse to like yeah i don't have the money to do those kind of things but it's like if you make these small changes you actually would see that you actually do have the money it's just like what you're actually investing your time and money in is like what makes the difference absolutely so yeah i think you know that's really important you know to think about when it comes to money and 
um, you know, I think that's, um, you know, like a good way to kind of close out with this, you know, topic on materialism, because I was thinking like, you know, money is something that I feel like regardless of the age, like when I think of technology, um, there may be some people that are older, you know, like, um, like with my mom, like she doesn't know how to use most technology. She still has like the flip phone, which, you know, nowadays I feel like that's coming back. Actually, I do see like a commercial for yeah, the Samsung, you know, like the flip phone. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having that technology for, you know, the older people that, you know, some of them don't like any of this new technology. But when I think of money, I do think about it broadens the horizons to everybody from like 16 years old when you have your, like your first job all the way up to, you know, when you retire or, and even after you retire too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 those days where, uh, you know, I was using flip phones and to text your friends, you got to go like, all right, uh, twos, that's ABC. That's, you know, you got to like spell out your words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even in my time. <laughs> yeah. Even in my time, um, like I think I, I, my first phone, it wasn't really a flip phone, but it was one of those like slide up phones. It was like, it slid up like that and it had like the keyboard. But yeah, now yeah. things have changed in the last uh, years or so. I didn't get my first phone until I was like 17, and that was, what, 12 years ago? So yeah, things have changed in the past 10 to 15 years. It it really has, and uh, it, it makes me feel really appreciative, appreciative of what I have and all, all the, the, all the technolo technological advancements we have made. It makes things like much easier, but then you also have to like say, hey, Hold on, you know, back it up. We still have things, you know, that's that technologies cannot replace. Is that is that human face to face interaction? We still need to bond with people. We still need to talk, use our voice to talk and communicate properly. And it's something that technology has seems to, you know, cause that to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. Yes, most definitely. And I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think like a, a good way to like as we're closing out on this topic, I was thinking about how, you know, with technology, um, there's like you said, it does kind of make it harder for the, the communication, you know, to happen for people. And, and that's what I was kind of thinking, even with like family, like, you know, I start trying to, you know, I see my family sometimes or even in other families where, um, people aren't as talkative to one another because maybe people are a little too invested in their phones or a little too invested in, you know, I got to text these people and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it kind of takes away, like, you know, they're, they're physically there, but it's like, they're really not there, like, in general. It's like, they're just, they're more into, like, their phone. So I was just thinking about, like, how, and if I had to give, like, a, a piece of advice or anybody out there that's, you know, maybe that kind of person. I've been that person where I'm maybe on my phone, even in family settings. I think just pursuing, whether it's technology, money, fashion, whatever the case may be, I think just pursuing those in, intangible things, like having that quality time and love and, you know, peace and happiness with your family and your loved ones, your friends, you know, out there, instead of like pursuing the, the newest things, because at the end of the day, like, um, money and, you know, technology and, and fashion, as always, things are going to go out of style, out of trend and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like your family and your friends and the love and the peace and the happiness that you have with them um, never goes away. 
No, that, that would never go away. You can't, and you can't replace it with fashion. You can't replace it with technologies and money. You can't buy, you can't buy family. You can't buy the family time you miss with money. You know, those are intangible stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So going after those intangibles, I think are, you know, really good to really think about as like we're, you know, coming to a close with this. So uh, anyways, I definitely appreciate you so much for being on here. This was definitely a good conversation and I really enjoyed it. So thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So I hope that all of you viewers enjoyed this episode, whether you are watching this on my YouTube page or if you are watching this on uh, Instagram or even if you are um, listening to this on any of the podcast streaming platforms. Um, I always appreciate your support there as well. So anyways, everybody, I hope that you're all going to have a good rest of your day or night, depending on when you're watching this or listening to this. And I will see y'all on the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Thank you, everybody, that took the time to listen to this episode of Not Your Average Joel. My podcast is available not only on YouTube, but also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I also have an Instagram page where you can see outstanding moments, behind the scenes, and even a funny moment or two from each episode at Not Your Average Joel Podcast. If you want to get in contact with me, then my Instagram page is probably the best way to do so through direct messaging. I appreciate any kind of support that you have given to this channel, whether you are a guest or a listener to this podcast. Once again, I thank y'all so much, and I look forward to sharing more of my life with y'all on the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Goodbye.